0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Fluff and Crunch. Uh, today, Chris and I talk about what I'm calling Watsy's strategic withdrawal in the great OGL war of 2023. Uh, that is their response, the release of their draft new OGL, and our thoughts about it. And this will be the last episode we'll do on this for a while um, as we talk about in the episode. Thanks, as always, for listening. Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch Where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. All right, we are recording. Hello, how are you doing today, Chris? Good, thanks, Jeremy. How are you? I'm well. Well, how was your gaming over the last week? If you had any? I think, well, we spent nothing. The whole of yesterday,
1: we were playing board games, me, Mika, and Annie. We played a whole bunch of board games all day. So relaxing day playing board games. Although they kept being other, we had to keep be doing the lounge, doing it on the floor, so my knees were killing me this morning. <laughs> that was not good. Um, and yeah, we played our third session of our big D&D campaign. So this was the second session of Brian's because we hadn't got to a place where we wanted to leave it last week. So then we played another episode. And again, we didn't even get to where Brian was hoping we would get to It's a bit more sandboxy, what we're doing with him. So it was like, you know, he, cause he's kind of just dropping things for us to look into. Maybe we're looking into things more one way and less the other. And so the thing that we, he wanted us to get to, we didn't, we didn't get to, um, but yeah, it was, it was good. Good fun. How about you?
0: Second session, uh, got into some second session again, as a player, I'm, I'm learning how to be a player. It's fascinating how when a new campaign starts out, and I think I'm I'm hearing this in what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's always that period early on where regardless of what the GM has planned, like this is this is the vibe and this is what's going to happen, this is the type of story, how things are going to unfold, and regardless of what the players think their characters are all about, there's a period of time where both sides work out what's this vibe going to be and how is this actually going to flow so we're definitely in that uh but it was fun we um we had uh you know we're we're getting deeper into the story so i um i uh yeah and we ended at a good point too it was an it was a good um like scene end of an episode uh point in the story so we're gonna have uh some people out though unfortunately for the next like on and off for the next two weeks or so so this week we're not going to play and I, the weekend after we won't play is, So, but we, at least we got two episodes, two, not episodes, two sessions in and, and uh, it's been fun. It's been, I, I feel like I'm getting, I'm starting to get used to the idea of being a player and not being a GM. Which means and I'm, I'm, re- I'm actually, I'm really enjoying it, but I think I'm partly good. enjoying it
1: because the fact that it also links to a world that I'm helping to make. I and mean, there was a funny point last week when we realized Brian had said like the arena happens at every full moon. And then we had gone, well, wait a minute, how many moons are there and how often are they?" And we were kind of, like Brian was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, that's fair. We need to do it together. And Scott was like, no, what are the moons? And I was like, well, Scott, it's our world. So you now have to help him answer that question. He was like, "Oh," um, so yeah, I think having that bit of, Involvement in the overall world is helping, but also there's only three of us, so mm-hmm. there's it, literally you know you're not doing that thing like I say I hate as a player. Last time I played D D when there was you know th- four people in the party, and so you wait. Yeah, you do you a lot wait, of wait, and you wait when there's only two of us. It's like you know, also we're not doing a lot of combat. But, you know, Scott goes, monster goes, I you know it's it's super quick. It's there's mm-hmm. there's, there's no waiting because it's such a small group. So yeah, I don't think I could cope with being in a big party. I just get bored, and I, I'm not getting yeah. bored now because it's, it's we're always involved. So it's. Yeah, I mean I'm enjoying
0: it so far. Good. Um very good. So we're gonna talk about the Ogle.
1: Yeah, well oh, we, it we was said, didn't we, that I didn't I didn't want to talk about it a bit. We we talked about the hoo-ha, Yes. That was kind of my feeling we, that there was a lot of people kicking off, but it was a leap. Yeah. Yeah. Now the, the funny thing is that the language the wizards have used since has been very clear that. Essentially, to say, well, you know, because they could have just come out and go, no, that was leaked. That was never meant for public use. Blah blah blah. They haven't. No, they, they have apologized. It's been terrible. apart you know, their apologies well, have been very much what this. You know, I have to look at the phrase case, and the gaslighting, where they've kind of gone like, no, no, it's not our. Way. You've misunderstood what we intended yeah. the OGL to be. So it's your fault, not well, our fault. It's like they still they have apologized.
0: You hear a bad apology. You're, you're hearing a bad apology when you hear someone say like, "I'm sorry that you." Yes. Like, wait, 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 hold on. You know, I'm sorry that you interpreted it that way. So it's like, wait, no, you were an ass. And yeah. it, I didn't interpret it that way. You were just an ass. So, I, I, yeah.
1: You know, some stuff's full still gone. Like the, the, all the stuff about royalties gone. Yeah. Now, that's well, not people misinterpreting what the royalties was intended for. That's well, them
0: taking the royalties out. Let's, no. let's quick well, let's quick back up because there we could possibly have a new listener. We, you know, we've had, since we put up the video on YouTube um you liked it that was that was pretty good stuff I like that um and a few other people have and I I think we've had maybe uh, I don't know I last time I checked we had had 11 people view it now I don't know if those are people new to us or people who are like I've been listening to these clowns for the last year and a half I, I, I want to see I can what their tell,
1: mugs I can tell you what some of those people are I made the mistake today of we, it, we were related to it in my media class and oh my god. I said and I said like oh I do a podcast they went no you don't I was like no I do a podcast and I was like, oh, and we've done a YouTube channel for it. And someone oh, said, what's boy. it called? And rather than just going, you don't need to know that, I said the name. They all instantly went on, found the YouTube thing. They were like, oh, we're all subscribing. I was like, uh, all right, great, great. Yeah, we t- we went from again. three subscribers to 10 because- What uh, age you know, group do you- uh, They are they're 16, 17-year-olds. Great. Hi, kids. So, uh, like most of them generally two of them actually do play D, but the rest have would have no interest i was like there was no point you subscribed to this or watching to it or listening to the podcast No, it's you strange be, amusement look a, a good, good friend of mine interested
0: years i mean well good golly years ago when i did my student teaching um uh during bill clinton's first term as president go scurry, kids find out when that was when I did my student teaching, my closest friend then, he, he used to say he, how odd it was. Like, we would go out, you know, we'd go do something at night or whatever. And he would just, he was bemused by the idea that he was out with a teacher. And he <laughs> joked, he's like, I used to think that the principal's only job was to go around and deflate all the teachers at the end of the night and stuff them back into their desks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, you live, you live well outside of where you, uh, you teach, correct? Yeah pretty yeah i, I okay. never i very rarely right. if ever buy you I'm very sure. i i used to um i used to see my kids all the time um and uh and so it was kind of amusing initially like when you you get them for the first they'd see you out in public and you're like yeah i'm buying chicken what what are you-? <laughs> Does, does this strike you as odd? You know, I yes, okay. I'm putting gas in my truck. What? 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 Anyway. Anyway. So, a little bit of a background, real quick, for those of you who might be new to us or missed the last uh, our episode, on our insightful journalism that we uh, we provided in the last episode. We, not the last, but we we talked about the OGL. We talked about, as you said, I think it's very apt term is dust up, um, the poop storm, uh, as people especially the 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 Twitter denizens have reacted, you know, the, they've gotten out their their digital pitchforks and their uh, NFT torches to go burn down the NFT um, uh, windmill. Um, we've now gotten, we, we talked about that, talked about like what had been what had been mentioned and what reactions were from the community to the leaked OGL. And you're absolutely right. I, they They can't say, they can't go back, and to their credit, they haven't said, "Well, you didn't understand that, or that was a draft, or whatever." Like it was obvious they had already negotiated terms with Kickstarter. Yeah, they were, you know, it, it's it's obvious that that leaked version from December was what they were preparing to release. You know, maybe they maybe they would make some changes, but that it it seems to me that what came out last month was. An expression of their view that they were going to take unilateral action and everyone was just going to sit and wait, and then they were going to release this, and then this was going to usher in a new normal for uh for OGL producers and the company and revenue and blah 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 blah, all that kind of stuff. And then we have the dust up, and now we have Watsi finally re-releases something else. They release what they're actually explicitly calling a draft. Uh, it has that word watermarked across it, so that must mean it's a draft, uh, and they have opened up a survey so that people can read it, and they can, you know, they'll say, we'll read all the comments, although I think that's a, an interesting, uh, uh, that, that that's a verbal or a linguistic sleight of hand. Yeah, you can read the comments, but it doesn't mean you're going to act on them. Um, so that's what we're going to, we're going to talk about a little bit today, is the, uh, the, the release of the draft, the reaction to the draft, and our thoughts about these things. So what what were some of the things, boiled down to the most, the, the, the key points, what's in this draft that um, it's different from the leaked unilateral version?
1: I think the key thing is that a, any mention of royalties is, is, well, it's not in there, but essentially in the, you know, in the accompanying documentation they've released on d d Beyond, They said that's gone. We're not doing that. We're not doing royalties anymore. Release what you want. We're not going to try and come after your money. However,
0: I'll come back to that.
1: Yeah. Um, So that was, that was a biggie. Uh, The other big thing is that they've kind of said that, right, they're going to, they're going to wrap up the SRD, whatever version it will under a creative commons um, license. And then they kind of said, they're like, right, so there are no limitations on it at all. we will make it creative commons, which means anyone can use it. And it becomes an attribution thing. And then to that kind of thing, you can kind of almost even avoid the OGLO together because that stuff is creating comments means that anyone can use it. And therefore you don't really have to, I mean, that kind of stuff then basically says the OGL becomes irrelevant if you're using that stuff. So that's, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of weird. Um, there's the, there's bits and pieces of legal jargon at the end. One thing which I definitely will come back to, because I've seen it commented down a lot online is there the stuff about the, is the hateful, the hateful content or conduct. Second one being a bit weird. Now, that was still in there in the OGL. This is still a thing they're pushing, trying to say, essentially, that one of the reasons they have to have a new OGL is that the old OGL didn't allow them to any control over what people were saying. And this is still something that people are not happy about, essentially, because you know the, the stuff about we don't want any anything that's harmful, discriminatory, illegal, obscene, harassing, or to engage in conduct that is harmful or discriminatory, illegal, obscene, or acid. People aren't, you know, people are like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I see where you're coming from. It's the fact that we said we have the sole right to decide what conduct or conduct or content is hateful. Um, so essentially what they're saying is, I don't, maybe they don't realize it, or maybe they do. But the problem with that is, you know, it's, a, it's not even a freedom of speech thing. It's the fact that they get to decide what they don't like about what you've said. Um, and then this is where you open a whole, I mean, that's a whole, you can almost do a whole episode on that. Yep. Because, you know, people yep. straight away were putting stuff up about the idea that, well, um, let's pick a gay marriage thing. It's easy. You you have a gay character in a game that's that's fine in most of Europe. That's no, not even true. It's not even all of Europe. That's fine in, essentially, there are parts of the world that that would not be okay with. They right. don't want a gay character. Parts of the Middle East, parts of Europe. Yep. Um, I guess some states in America would not be super happy with that. So then what happens if those people who don't like it are in charge of Wizard of the Coast? Or the other way around? What happens right. if... You know, those people, yep. someone's gone really over the top and someone's, re- so e- either way that then starts becoming awkward. So yeah. what you do, you, you then have to have the, you know, cause then it's not even a case of like, well, we have to be, you know, woke or PC or whatever, because you might upset. So, so would you put nothing in there? Yeah. No, nothing could be in there that might upset anyone because think, so that makes it awkward.
0: My, my initial reaction to I mean, all the things you just said, I think, yeah, the, the royalty piece is gone. However, the fact that Wizards still, and I mean, look, I think, you know, facts don't care about feelings. And <laughs> they don't. You know, suck it up. Uh, you cannot like what a company decides to produce or the price tag they put on it or the color, whatever. You cannot like that. But, they're, but you can't force that company to not do what they want to do that's within the limits of the law. And... You know, if if Watsi wants to charge a royalty, they're within their legal authority as the IP owners and trademark owners to, you know, copyright it all. So they they can do that. Now, if they if it generates such ill will, like it has, they may choose not to. However, it still seems to me that there's this this debate over in the original OGL that it's irrevocable. You know, and, and there's this argument over, does that mean that version of the OGL is irrevocable or uh, the idea that there is an OGL is revocable or is, is not revocable? So in other words, like if you say to your kid, "You, I promise you, you will always have a car. I will always provide you with a car. Does that necessarily mean that the car I gave you is the one I'm going to provide yeah. you with or just a car and I get to divine what the card is? Or car, rather. So there's still this this question over, okay, WOTC yanked royalties now. Does does that mean, do, do they retain the authority to, we still have to have an OGL, but we get to decide what, what, what we put in the box. So this, that doesn't mean they can't change it in the future. That's what it seems like to me. They've also announced the uh, they're going to move the core mechanic to Creative Commons license okay but my understanding and we'll put links to these there are two videos uh in particular we'll put links in the notes to um this uh this lawyer is but he must be american he doesn't he doesn't have a canadian act, english accent he definitely does anyway um he uh he talked about how in u.s patent law u.s copyright law rather you, you cannot copyright copyright a process yeah. like in, in this case you can't copyright game rules now, the trouble with D&D is that things like classes and the names for them and all the extra stuff that comes with them, that there's a murky area as to where that, how much ownership WotC has over those things. But the idea of rolling three six-sided dice to try to meet or beat a difficulty number or difficulty rating or whatever like that actually cannot be patented all the language that gets attached to it perhaps could be trademarked or if it's ip material then it 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 could be copyrighted but but what i find odd is you know watsi's making this big deal about how oh you know we're going to release this to creative commons and and my thought is you you're going to release something that you actually can't copyright anyway that to me seems like a um uh like I'm throwing bones at people and and yet they don't realize they already have access to them. Yeah, that that was my
1: big takeaway from that legal eagle video that essentially they're trying to kind of give a license, give an open license to something, which essentially and now by doing it through Creative Commons, which means fact that when they release Creative Commons, the license then kind of goes out the window because why do you need the license if create, if it's Creative Commons? But from what the guy was saying, essentially because the stuff that they're saying you can use is mechanics anyway. They didn't need to say that. You could always do that. Um, like you said, where there's that gray area is it's the stuff that, you know, like class names. So if you're just creating a brand new class or you're creating a... If you're creating, like when I said, like the Hellboy RolePlay or those spy games, things which are... The classes are totally new. So it's actually the only thing that is the same as the general gist of how the game works. They can't do anything about those games because they're not claiming to be 5e product. They're not even claiming to be compatible. They're kind of, you know, based on blah, blah, blah. Well, then they can't do anything about those. But like the example that one see. thing
0: though, if if you want to work, and I and I think this is where this is where the OGL, regardless of, I mean, this brings up this brings up a question to me over whether or not there, there are whole pieces of the OGL that are held dearly to people, like the idea that I can publish under the same system. You know what? Maybe you didn't need an OGL to do that. Yes. But um I completely forgot what I was going to say. It was very, um, it was very profound. But, but yeah,
1: I think that that was an important takeaway I got from those kind of things that essentially said, you don't need the OGL because of the stuff they try to protect and do it. Really, the OGL was there to kind of say, you know, if you put the, oh, we're using the OGL on it. I mean, essentially, it's, if you put the OGL on the front of your game, you were saying that other people could copy it, but they didn't need to But you were making it easy. Or well, here's the stuff that is going to, essentially, you know, like you link it to the SID. Here's the stuff we're going to let you talk about quite happily. Um, so, but, that outside, but now,
0: correct me if I'm wrong on this. The understanding, it seems like the understanding is where you are, where you're limited is you you can't do things like, as the one example in one of the videos we watched was like, you couldn't create new sub races to a race that is uh, like d and IP or, I mean, or class, subclasses, things like. Yeah, I
1: think that's where you get the interesting thing of... Yeah particularly with the classes, those class words are so generic, I don't think you can trademark them. And I think it's basically the same with the race names, you know, kind of, you know, orc, dwarf, Elf, those aren't those aren't IPs owned by Wizard of the Coast. They're, they're not their words. I mean, this is why Games Workshop went beyond what they've done. They renamed all of their races. So they weren't orcs anymore, they were Uruk.
0: Right, they, they put them, with an
1: A on the front. They right, they, what, they, they they created uh, an
0: IP yeah. so that they can recreate these known, these commonly known entities within it. But then say, no, 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 we put a little spin on it. Those are ours. Yeah.
1: So that got me thinking to well, what actually is the IP, because obviously the logo, Dungeons and Dragons. That's like you can't you can't release things. Say this is a Dungeons and Dragons product because you don't own that IP. Yeah, but when you start like, well, what is the IP then? Well, there's a handful of characters that were written about in novels that presumably. They they have the IP for those, but they're not using those characters anymore. So then, well, what else? Well, there's a handful of monsters. I mean, you, like the spells, you can't fight you can't, I can't, you can't um, copyright. The, you can't copyright fireball. It's a word, but
0: things there might like be
1: particular spells. like you know more than floating and blah, blah, blah. disc, and exactly. crap
0: like that. The things that where they where they have wrapped, they've wrapped their IP into these. Yeah. The end of these other things, yeah, they, they can. Now, if you but, want to have like Bob's levitation yeah. assistant, that's different.
1: But those things end up being so few and far between. I started yeah. thinking, actually, well, I feel like they think they've got more IP than they have. And actually, what they need to be doing... I mean, this will go, go on to another thing. There's only one yeah. big other thing from the OGL we'll come back to, really. Um, but they started got me thinking, like, well, maybe they don't have as much IP as they think they are. A lot of it is certain monsters, you displacer beasts and beholders. But those are the kind of things that people who are in the D world, they know those creatures and therefore they know those. And so, you know, D and there's you know, there's a thing later on which says, Well, you can you can use the stats for one of these in your product, but you can't use our our, our to and you have to create your own likeness or whatever. You know, well, that, that's that's fair enough. But that's what it comes down to. Their IP is a handful of characters, which they're not writing stories about, and a handful of monsters. And that, and then the logo, the name. The name has a lot of IP. So clearly, they've decided they need to earn more money. But then you think, well, well this is a toy company. So why aren't you doing the obvious thing and releasing toys? You're Hasbro. Why don't you release a series of toys? And actually, you're about to have this film come out. So you release the film. Why aren't you releasing comics related to each of these characters why aren't they each getting a tie-in novel why aren't you releasing cuddly toys and action figures for all the stuff that's going to be maybe they are I, this probably is but then build on that and make the make the ip bigger because at this point i'm linking it, i think i feel like critical role has a more important hmm. more valuable ip than dungeons and dragons okay now critical role piggybacks off dnd and but Critical Role have three sets of campaigns, each of which has a bunch of characters, and each of those have Funko Pop models and T-shirts you can buy yeah. and, and pins. Uh, and and do they not know? Isn't,
0: isn't that um, the Amazon series? Is that and an well. Amazon
1: series, which they kickstarted, which made so, a ex- it for Amazon. But they've them.
0: expanded. So what you're saying is they've taken, they've created their own IP within the greater d and world they yeah. have. And they have expanded it to make it a market to make marketable products that can be consumed by lots of different kinds of people. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe Hasbro. Maybe they're going to make little toys or something like that. Or maybe they yeah. look at. Maybe they're interested in expanding, like they said, that whole undermonetized thing. Well, I think that the the guy in the D and D Shorts video made a a good had a good explanation. If you haven't watched it, yet, like I said, we'll have the link. A good explanation of all the money that they could hope to make through digital platforms. And, uh, you know, I personally, like, I don't like the idea of ever renting, like of always renting something, because if you have a subscription to something and that's how you access it, you are, you are forever a renter. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I don't download music. You know, now I, I buy it on vinyl. <laughs> it's mine, you know, period uh you can't remove you can't remove song lyrics you can't make a song not available it's mine i can do with it what i want but i think a lot of people nowadays are are very used to the idea of of forever subscribing to something and you know paying 10 or 15 or 20 dollars a month and then they get access to all these things and tiers of of access and things like that maybe wazi is hoping that that's where they're going to make gobs of money off people when the
1: most recent D and D shorts video seems to be really going down that, and also we'll we know they're going to do that. They said yeah. when they announced One D and D, they said they were going to push that. I, I do think that I think they overestimate how many yeah. people are going to use it because essentially, if you are sitting around a table with your friends, D and D Beyond, and you know there are people that use D and D Beyond to play in person. Yes, simply because d and D Beyond does a good job of recording your character sheet, and the yep. GM can see everybody else's character sheets, and you know that kind of thing but then people pretty still roll the dice in person. Yep. Um, and now I haven't done that because I have a PDF that has my character sheet on it yep. and then I print it and I do it on paper. I like paper. And that's heavy. Ha- that's gonna be how the vast majority of people play D and D now there are gonna be people that do play D and D online and they use, you know, roll 20 or whatever else. Right. Um, or they just play on D and D beyond. And yes, yeah, so there is a market for those people to go and play on a virtual tabletop. But the minute you start asking for silly amounts of money, people aren't doing now if they if they're going to try and find a way that to say mm-hmm. right other vtts can't be used people can just play through, i mean, i've played ddi i didn't use a vtt we tried scott couldn't get roll 20 to work so we played through discord did you know you for various that- various lockdowns i heard something you. Yeah. various mm-hmm. lockdowns for you know 2 years on and off we played through discord right we did, we 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 talked to each other we what? threw maps onto a, a google slides thing and we we typed things into the the discord chat with with bots and we managed, we didn't need some fancy VTT. No. Um, so the idea that everyone is going to use it, I mean, what I've seen of it, it looks great. I feel like they're trying to go over after computer game market. People that Good. like computer games, they're going to try and get them into D&D. Good. But I still think they're missing that the vast majority of people are the people that have no idea the OGL is, is in a crisis because they don't know what the OGL is. Right. They've gone in. They've, they've, you know, they've seen Critical Role or they've watched the cartoon or they're going to see the films or they've watched Stranger Things. And they've gone and bought a D&D starter set and a handful of dice and they're playing with their friends. None of this, and well, none of this is be, ever going to affect.
0: Them. They could be playing with their friends in person or online. And and whoever the GM is is you know using some VTT or as you said is using some other means of of doing this. The, I I think I think the trouble is, and I'm just I'm guessing, I totally am guessing here, but it it seems to me like the top level, the executive level leadership is making decisions about how people play this game, these games, yeah, that doesn't take into account the incredibly diverse set of call it uh gaming experiences that people have yeah and and it it sounds like what they're trying to do is funnel a hugely disproportionate amount of the gaming activity through one you know one ring to rule them all kind of thing <laughs> that's what it sounds like they're they're assuming they're going to be able to do and it it um I think that it 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 demonstrates a misunderstanding of Again, that diversity of experience—you know, people playing all different kinds of ways—but I also think it demonstrates a, a gross misunderstanding of your your core tabletop RPG audience. Uh, I I just I just don't think I don't know. It does. It doesn't seem like you would have the people who like you and I. And the 20-somethings and 30-somethings who have come to these games recently because of those things that you mentioned. Uh, it doesn't sound to me like, it just doesn't seem like they would be that, you would draw in that many people. I mean, it seems, seems to me, and I've read plenty of articles about this, that one of the, part of the, the interest and allure of playing tabletop games now is that they offer human interaction you know yeah. sitting around a table with people now obviously vtt's grew tremendously during the the pandemic duh that makes sense but there's still again people people found ways to play they didn't necessarily go to one source oh i have to use this one system to play remotely with my friends people do all kinds of different things so i it it just seems Uh, It just seems to demonstrate a a lack of understanding of the types of people and the things that motivate them to play these kinds of games and the things that lots of people seem to want to get out of these games. And I'm convinced that a part of it is there's a creative urge. People want to tell stories, but there's also a a desire among a lot of people to just be around people and the idea that they're going to have, you know, conjecture over uh, solo play. Wait, solo play role. Play? That, that's that's not a tabletop role playing game. I mean, if you're playing a solo role playing game on a computer, you're actually not playing a yeah. traditional tabletop role playing game. You're playing a video I think,
1: game. I think people have done it and they've seen, you know, there's a not there's clearly enough people that play, you yeah. know, have tried to play something like, you know, I've played DM Um, but I think it's a it's a niche of a niche.
0: Well, I don't, you I don't also, see that you, as you even a way with, to, go to go. You played it with someone else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, whenever I've even thought about doing it by myself, I've always thought, I could just play a computer game. Yeah. This is,
0: that's all this you're doing. Um, Maybe they think that blurring the lines will attract more people whose, whose primary interest in gaming is what we would call video games.
1: I don't know. I think that's what I, I think they're trying to go after. You know, they're trying. It's, it's what we, we said. We know because they said it. They Well, they didn't say, but it's, you know, everyone has said it. It, it is under monetized. I just think they've gone about it the wrong way. Clearly, like you said that they're, they're trying to funnel everyone into their new, their new fancy virtual tabletop. The fact that the, the SR, the OGL has a whole page just for the virtual tabletop, which to be honest, they could put anything on there. Cause I'm not hugely bothered. I can't see myself ever, you know, actually if they knocked one up where you could play it by yourself, which was basically like playing a computer game, but you leveled your character using D rules, D that might be quite cool. Um, but, you know, and if no one else offers that and they're the only ones offering that. But again, they've had to pedal back some of the stuff they were doing. Because originally, you know, it looked at one point, they would kind of go, well, you cannot have D&D in your VTT. Well, they're not saying that anymore. They're kind of just saying, well, there's bits and pieces you can't do in yours. Essentially, like Roll20 and all the others could carry on as they are at the moment, but they can't develop much further because Wizards of the Coast want this fully 3D thing where, and we know exactly what they're going for, where you can design your own characters and make them look like but they're still not going to get enough money unless there's a subscription because yes, you're going to have microtransactions to be able to buy, you know, little bits of items for your clothing and change what your character looks like. The players still aren't going to be spending their money unless they can subscribe. But if you start asking them people to pay, you know, this number was dropped about $30 and they had a thing, they so, say, well, you know, we are not, we will not be asking $30 for D and D beyond. And you think it's exactly what the D and D shorts guys are. No, one's saying it's going to be $30 for D and D beyond It's $30 for this new thing.
0: Well, um, you could also be a weasel and say, well, we're only asking $29.99. That's not <laughs> 30. Right, look,
1: it's still going to be, we know it's still going to be the dungeon master that pays the most thing at the moment, you know, D and D beyond to the best of my knowledge works. You know, if, if the dungeon master pays for all the books, then he sets up a campaign with those books. Mm-hmm. Then the players get access to all of that all of that material. So the the money still falls onto the dungeon master, yeah. and I imagine the vast majority of the money would fall onto the dungeon master. In this again, or so maybe
0: it, they would. And this is just conjecture again. Maybe they were they're considering you know decreasing what they charge to dungeon masters, and then charging player you know trying to even out. The, yeah I don't know. I mean that, that would be nice but I don't see it. I wanna I want to focus on uh the the whole hate speech thing uh because that's it's so Orwellian. Um I I find it fascinating and I'd mentioned this I think this was in a recorded segment uh last time we talked about this. I don't know if it was that or is offline but I I find it disingenuous of them, And I'm glad to see places like Paizo are calling them out on this. Their claim that this was the, the primary motivation. They, they suddenly move it to the top of the list. It yeah. wasn't on the list. It was mentioned, but it was not something that seemed to be a prominent piece of it. Suddenly now it becomes the prominent piece. Like, oh no, we're trying to protect everybody. Um, I'm sorry, but in 22 years of um, OGL stuff, uh, can you remember like, okay, this, this whole well, like, no, but this, you-
1: this, this, this is a perfect example. If the, I, I haven't I, if there was anything like I am not aware of it. The stuff I'm aware of is stuff that is only tangentially to do with 5E which is Correct. like a crazy not stuff right? well, Was that like, new you know, the company the new or
0: neo or whatever the hell it's called this this other company that wants to call itself TSR and supposedly wants to put out another version of Star Frontiers which was a TSR title from 40 years ago. Yeah. And seems to be not linked
1: seems Yeah, that's not linked to 5E or the other. No, not at all. Anyway. The worst stuff that I'm aware of that has actually come out has come from them. So just looking at Curse of Strahd, I, I read this somewhere and then I thought, well, I think they're absolutely right. Um, you have examples of grooming because that's what Strahd does. You have examples of like various other, I thought I said Neckfield, I'm not sure about that. You definitely have an example of straight up racism and racially aggravated like attempted at murder because there is a character, I'm not going to do it for spoil. but there is a character that he's a saber-toothed tiger in a caravan that he has trained to attack the people that are essentially a, a, like a semi-nomadic gypsy race. That's yeah. awful. When you, at the time when I played it, I was like, that's perfectly natural. They work for Strad, therefore they're the bad guys and this yeah. guy's fighting the bad guys. But if you actually think into it, you think, that is straight up racist. He is, a, he is training this tiger to attack a race. Well, yeah. Well, Wizards of to the
0: coast. And so they, here, here's that in. here's my take on it, because I, I remember that. I mean, I, I ran Chris Estrada ages ago when, when it first came out. Um, like, me personally, he's a villain. Villains are going to do villainous stuff. Like I couldn't care less. Like, that does not yeah. bother me one bit. But you bring up a really good point. The only thing that you can think of, and I don't remember there being some kind of a dust up like, oh my gosh, some some OGL publisher, let's say, and I'm not going to drop any names because I don't want people to say, oh, he said, it. no, 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 I'm just, what if a prominent OGL publisher over the last 20 years put, I mean, I can't think of any time that something came out from a prominent publisher, from any publisher, and it was met with some kind of resistance. Over, oh my gosh, this is sexist, racist, this is thatist, yeah. whateverist. This seems to me to be Watsi's attempt to grab something and wave around in the faces of people because they think that'll gin up support. This is why we're really doing it. But you bring up the case to the very clear point that I'm glad. It's like there's some sense of of um, of like honesty among people, regardless of their, call them like socio-political preferences to recognize like, wait, 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 you're saying you don't want these things, but you're saying you're the sole arbiter of what they are. And you're also saying that no one can complain if you decide to shut someone down. I'm going to draw a historical parallel here. I'm going to draw a historical parallel here. Uh, That in the 1760s, when British Parliament was dumping all these taxes on the American colonists. One of the things, they didn't like any of the taxes, regardless of their validity, they didn't like the taxes. But one of the things that really torqued the colonists was that when Parliament said, okay, we're going to get rid of this, but we also want to reinforce the fact that we can get rid of it because we reserve the right to tax you on anything whenever we want to. So we're not going to tax you on this, but by the way, we could, if we want to do this in the future, we can. Like, how to piss off people 101. You, you, you you accept the pressure they're giving you but you really actually don't fully accept it and that to me is what watsi is doing right here they they're saying yeah, I mean, oh yeah we're, we're trying to protect you from this but by the way we're the ones who we reserve the power to determine how that how that's decided and that's just garbage it says,
1: again it comes it doesn't need to be owned the ogl for a simple reason if if it's a if it's a, a product that is made which just says it is compatible with 5e it is it cannot say dungeons and dragons on it it can't say Wizards of the Coast on it. It literally it can only have reference. With, it is compatible with the world's favorite thing. So straight away, anyone can realize this is not related. This is not a Dungeons and Dragons official product. So because of that, it's not got blowback on Wizards of the Coast anyway.
0: If yeah, this notion that want, this notion that someone like let's say you know uh, Jim Bob Press is going to put out like some some supplement under the OGL. That is, I don't know. I'll I'll get crazy here. How's that? Like, he has a whole class of like um, a class and subclasses of like clansmen, KKK. All right, and the KKK is the hero in this new setting or something. Just absolutely wackadoo like that. Uh. I, and so essentially, Watsi is is saying, well, you know what? That's going to harm our brand. Bunk. Yeah. People. People online. Would pile on that so yeah. quickly, and Watsi would come out and make statements so quickly. No one is going to be confused. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dnd puts out like clan stuff. No one is going to be confused about that. Like, yeah. it's just such a flimsy, lame excuse that it's like you, you have to be a blithering idiot to go, oh yeah, that's why they were really doing it. Oh yeah.
1: So then, the alternatives—you put out stuff under DM's Guild. In which case, well, they've always been out. They've always—it's been always pretty clear that they—they had control of what you put out. Anyone anyway
0: could pull it at any point. Right. right. So I think this so. The DM's Guild is- can people people looking at your stuff on DM's Guild can flag it. DM's Guild yeah. can pull it, it. Goes. and then yeah, what, yeah it's like what, this.
1: I mean that's the, the weird thing. You're going to have this new creator product thing. Now that would be a difference, but it's like, but no one asked for these creator product badges. People have been putting out stuff for Five E for ten years without any official badges or anything, and people knew that it was for Five E because it was clear.
0: You know what that and is? No that's one, bread and circuses.
1: And no one ever said it was. So they're trying to put this creator. Oh look, you, we can. We'll let you do it now without going to a DM scale. You but feel then, special now? Yeah, they're trying to put more control of what you're saying. Um, so. What they've done now is a step in the right direction. But the reality is there's nothing wrong with the current OGL other than, and everyone knows that that every time they keep trying to peel up. oh, no, we're trying to protect people. We've got to do this. Oh, there's new technologies. Most of the stuff they want to do is either the OGL didn't cover it and still won't, or it was covered by the original OGL. So I still feel like they don't really need it. They're still trying to, you know, they've basically peddled back almost all of the OGL. With the exception of them now putting all these VTT restrictions, yeah. which you think, well, you know, fair enough to some extent. If people, if they're trying to make sure that people who play D D play it on their VTT, um, then let them. But can you actually make it sure that other people can't play on another VTT using fifty? You can make it difficult by for them, but by, by not sure. releasing all the stuff. But they've got deals with Roll Twenty and some yep. of these other ones. Yep. So it's like they're screwing yeah. over their part. I mean, this is part to- of the thing. This is part of the thing with Critical Role, that Critical Role have not been able to come out and properly lambast them for it because they have all these hookups with yep. D&D Beyond and with them having, you know, literally there are two official Wizards of the Coast books which yep. are linked to Critical Role, which puts them in an awkward position. Well, Critical not, but, Role could walk away if they wanted to.
0: But also they have, they have agreements with D&D hmm. that sit outside of the OGL. Yes. You know, it, it's like when, uh, you know, with 2D with Modiphius releasing their 2D 20 World Builders program and uh, Chris Birch made it very clear, like, yeah, you know, there th- this program through drive through is for specific, a, a, a very broad category of possible products, but a specific type of product. And if you want to sit outside that, you um, in terms of the, the, uh, the, the setting, the content, the whatever, or, or other form, then you just you, you go to them like you would any company and you negotiate a license with them directly that sits outside of this. Yeah, I, I think that this is a shell game is what it sounds like to me that Watsi that, that realized they, they are not happy with the response is what it seems like because they want to make more money and they are they've
1: they've done the opposite
0: yes they've done the opposite they are now moving the shells around and they're trying to to activate the lizard brain of their their the community as they perceive it to try to blow the dust that they blew up under the carpet and i think that's why they're waving around this this hate speech garbage Uh, and i and i'm like i said before i'm glad that it doesn't seem to be gaining traction um, and just because one or two people tweet about it does not mean a darn thing. Like I, uh, yeah, silly. I
1: think, I mean, this new version of OGL to me, just, I, I don't think it needs to exist. I, to be honest, I don't really access stuff through the OGL. Okay. I know there's lots of people who go, well, even if you do or don't, you should care for the people that do. Um, I get that actually, if there's people that. Well, I guess like I said last time, if there are people that are really using the OGL and it's super important to their business, what that probably means is you are trying to make a ton of money out of 5E, which really is someone's product and you're trying to piggyback on it. If that company is then going to try and make it harder for you, there's a part of me that says, well, it's their product. If you're If you're yeah. that confident in your own product release. This is what Paiso have done to me because they did Pathfinder first edition, which was just straight up. Pathfinder second edition steps away so much. My understanding is that essentially it doesn't use the OGL. The OGL is in the Pathfinder second edition. So if you want to work on Pathfinder second edition, you are using the OGL, which is why they're moving to this thing, which I guess we'll talk about some other point.
0: Yeah, well, Um, more detail comes out. Essentially,
1: Pathfinder 2E doesn't use the OGL and doesn't need it. They moved away to it to avoid it. All these other companies that are, you know, that, like I said, they might have their livelihoods on. Okay, I feel a bit bad for them, but what you should really be doing is like what Cobalt's doing then and going, well, we're not going to rely on this OGL, which we don't know what's happening. We're going to make our own product yep. and have faith in your own product. Yep. Um. I, I, you know, I was always kind of a bit, like when I remember looking at DMs Guild, thinking I can release you DMs Guild, which is nice and easy. Or actually, if I avoid DMs Guild, I will get a much bigger, I will, you know, I'll, I'll have more of my money. But then I'm, it, you know, it's a whole grey, right. murky area. It's more sure. difficult. So,
0: well, I mean, again, there there are there are advantages to putting your stuff on DM's Guild. If you gain a following, if people like your yep. stuff, they will buy your stuff. And yep. there's a whole side of promotions, to say nothing of the logistics of delivery of the product that you don't have to deal with. That that you you pay um you pay a portion of your revenue toward. But you know, that's like that's buying services, and having the D D name implied on your product is going to draw more people to it because it's the elephant in the room okay but i i like i like that i I think it's again i i've said what i'm going to say about about watsi and and what they seem to be doing and the 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 character of the 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 leadership that is pushing these things but i'm happy to see creators and companies saying okay screw it we will do our own thing that means that means that we we may well have a blossoming of lots of new and different and interesting systems. We've always had that for settings, uh, but now, I mean, hey, system setting story, system matters. For yeah. a certain kind of play experience, system matters. And I have never, we've talked about this, I have never been, I don't believe in a universal system, and I don't um, I don't like the idea of everything gets slapped with a D20 and it yeah. functions in the same way. But,
1: you know. this, if I, this is to stick onto that. To me, this feels like Wizards of the Coast not realizing that actually all they have is this, well, they're, they're concentrating on the system. They have settings and they have stories. And if they really wanted to go and make the money, why don't they make a live-action Dragonlance? Why don't they do a TV show based on Dark Sun? They have all these amazing licenses, yeah. but they're not trying to make money out of that. They're convinced because, well, look, because the guy in charge is obsessed with digital. Unfortunately, those people can only see subscription. That's yeah. how we make money, subscription-based microtransactions. You have IP.
0: Use your IP. Stop here, trying to make I'll, money I'll, out I'll of I'll throw this people. at you, though. Why do we see so many sequels in movies and why is there like fast and furious number 18 uh why do we see so many of these honestly these trash marvel movies you um, haven't watched
1: them you need why to do we that. because
0: they're so bad why you haven't we, seen but, them but sequels what do, but because sequels are safe and yeah, when you safe, build a when you build a, a a product line sequels are safe Yeah. and so i get I get if if again I, I and mean, we mentioned this in the first episode when we talked about this. If your guiding principle or your guiding values to make more money, that is going to change your your behavior and your decision making over time. And so, why isn't there a dark sun whatever? Because they probably look at that and they say not worth the risk. If we just keep doing more vanilla Forgotten Realmsy type stuff and put the screws to people online to get them to pay not much you know the old saying of like you know the frog in the boiling pot of water it doesn't yeah. hop out because it's slow you know you slowly bury people in or or you know crank up the amount of money you're charging them you you put in those digital um you know the checkout line impulse buys you know you start throwing those and they, oh yeah but you know you oh you can customize your the, like the 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 pattern on your your character's clothing or whatever, that's only 99 cents extra a month. Oh, well, I can afford less than a dollar. You know, and people then, they they pile it up over time. Maybe that's that's what they're looking at because at the I end, think of that's the, day, it. the they, thing that animates them is making more money, not making yeah, they, a good product.
1: They want the quick route. It's like after Marvel started being successful yeah. with this big franchise model, everybody, like, I remember there was a Tom Cruise mummy film and that was meant to be the start of this big franchise. But they skipped the slow build and went straight to franchise. And, and Warner Brothers did the same thing with DC. They, you know, they, we had some They also made a with, bad
0: movie. Yeah. That, that didn't they, help either.
1: They rushed straight to, yeah. well, because the problem is if you're rushing straight to the franchise, you've got, you're not looking at the film. Marvel made a couple of individual films and slowly those added together to make this idea, which now we have this unwieldy Marvel thing, which probably is causing itself its own problems. That's what wizards are trying to do. They've kind of, how can we, right, we, we we've got this stuff, we've got the stuff we could do, but that, that's yeah. hard work. We're not gonna Let's just rush to, you know, we'll just take everybody else's money. Other people are making, let's just take the money that other people are making. We'll take all of that money back and we'll, we'll whack on this new VTT. Cause that's the thing that makes money and we'll make a lot of money. Yeah. And, and they've missed the, well, you need a product. You, you can't just make money. It's like, they literally just want to press a button and turn consumers into dollar sites they don't want to put the work yep. in that you need to do to do it and and they've been found out and they've lost a ton of money because and see, people have and, canceled their subscriptions
0: and now what it sounds like they're doing and this is my last piece is that they are they're backing off they're trying to pretend that whole like we both won that line that they released <laughs> whatever that that sounds like um that sounds like the lame teenage breakup like you know <laughs> I love you. I'm just not in love with you. Let's be friends. Let's be the first people who actually be like, that's what it sounds like. And what they're doing is they're, they're, they're trying to make the bad go away. They're trying to make the ugly dust up that they created go away. They're trying to make the ill will go away so that they can figure out a different way to get what they want anyway. But they're just, they just really don't want the bad press anymore. So let's just make it go away and pretend everyone's all right. We're all friends. Ha ha. And that's it. That's what it, that's what it seems like to me.
1: Yeah. And the the reality is they should have just done nothing. And when sixth edition came out or whatever, their 5.5 drop their fancy new VTT um, and just pour all those data beyond people onto it. And then you said, rack up the prices and it would have worked. And now they've probably screwed themselves. And just like happened with fourth edition, which let gave birth to Pathfinder. That's what's happening. Except that happened during after fourth edition when people went oh i don't like this this is happening before sixth edition there's going to be competitors that come out directly with it yep and it's their
0: own fault what i'm curious about is will there be and i doubt i doubt like a critical role will do this but will there be some prominent uh i mean they already have companies and whatnot but I'm, i'm like the um these actual play or or They're not act. They're actual. They're entertainment play is what they are. I'm I'm curious to see if some of those, or if some try to gain prominence by saying, "Hey, we're doing a a a, you know watch us for enter watch us game for entertainment and we're not playing D and D. We're playing a totally different system. I wonder if there'll be people who try to plant a flag, and rally around that. Who knows? I I mean
1: I think as much as there are, you know, lots of people have. Lots of people, as much as people have moved to Pathfinder and moved to other things and all of these people are joining Orc and so on. I just don't think, I think the F 5e and Wizard the Coast have the critical mass. I think the one yeah. person could do it is exactly what, you, kind of what you said, is that if, if Matt Mercer and his critical role buddy said, we are moving away from 5e and we're moving, yeah. you know, for the next campaign. For campaign four, we are moving to this entirely new system that oh. we have written ourselves.
0: Uh. Or they've partnered with, Yes, or partner with someone the else. Orc.
1: Yes, then that suddenly that would yeah. cause a shift. Yeah. Um, because I I have no doubt in my mind that Five E took a massive boost in popularity, partly because of Stranger Things and partly because of Critical oh, Role. Oh, for
0: sure, absolutely.
1: Um, so you know d- who who needs who more? For better and worse. I suspect at this point that D and D need Critical Role more. Than the other way around, because Critical Role isn't going anywhere. They don't yep. need to be playing Fifth Edition. I think they have a lot of fans that don't even play D and D at all. I think you're probably right. Whereas, and well, on the flip side, there are plenty of people who play D and D that have never watched Critical Role. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens over the next few years.
0: Yeah, so I think when this Orc thing comes out, we'll we'll take a look at that and see, and yeah. um, and we'll do an episode about that. Yes, we will. All right. Thanks for sticking with us and listening. You can find Fluff and Crunch on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. That is at Fluff and Crunch Pod, F-L-U-F-F-N, as in the letter N, Crunch Pod. You can find us there. You can also find the podcast on Anchor. I'll have links to all of these things in the notes below. Join us for our episode next week, which is the first of another two-part series in which we're going to talk about skills, uh, the the advantages you get from having skills in RPGs and some of the challenges and some ideas as to solutions for skill-based games. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.